podcast has been around for a little while, but now it's going straight to the top. What define the top for me? <laughs> <laughs> when we make one dollar or yeah, what do you mean by the top? Listen, there's a lot of buzz now. We have we have people in the office. First of all, one of our coworkers and good friend Karen sent me a story this week. Look at that. Unsolicited. <gasps> One of our other coworkers, Anna, just learned of this podcast and is now, this is why we're going straight to the top. She's taking it over. She's taking over. She's like, um, <laughs> do you know how this works? And we were like, I guess no. And um, in the span of two days has already come up with a list of uh, improvements. Yeah. So this is exciting, Anne. That's this right. Start of something big. I tried to blur my background, and now it's like looks like I'm in like um, you know, like an alternate universe or something. When I hold up my, I know why are you blurring your back? I just thought it looked more professional, but I think now it just makes me look like I'm in the in some sort of the ether. <laughs> it's very distracting. Yeah, it's like one of those movies where people slowly start to disappear. Exactly. Well, I am a woman in my forties. <laughs> Okay, well, this is That's Outrageous, and I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne, and this is the podcast where we break down the week's news that you may have missed, or maybe you didn't miss it. Maybe you just want to want to hear our take on it. Exactly. And we have a lot to discuss this weekend, so I think we should get right to Let's it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Yeah, it's still going on. How much longer is this thing going to go on for? I feel like it's been a month. For some reason, I don't know why, they're taking a 10-day break. Oh. So it's going to go on for a while more. Um, but when we last spoke about it, it was Johnny Depp's uh, team was giving their side of the story. Right. And, you know, that was uh even though this is a very serious story there were some laughs that came with that in terms of the people who were uh testifying they had the doorman testifying from inside of his car and vaping all right that was one uh they had the security guard who was asked if he had seen johnny depp's penis has he no oh that's unfortunate and he said he would have remembered that yeah, I think I would remember it too if I saw Johnny Depp's penis. Yes, that was in regards to the allegation that he was urinating in the uh, foyer of their apartment. He said that Johnny Depp was not doing that. But also, but also, like you can do that without showing your full penis. Like who's who's pulling out their full penis and ball? Like who is like that seems a little strange. Like wouldn't you just pull it out enough? Yeah, well, I think the answer is not Johnny Depp, according to his security guard. Inquiring minds want to know. Remember those commercials? Inquiring minds want to know. Yes, I do. But this week, Amber Heard testified, and she uh, testified to some really very disturbing incidents of domestic violence uh, that she claims, still an allegation, that were perpetrated at the hands of Johnny Depp. Yeah, I will say that the 
all the stuff I'm reading though, people are vicious about her vicious. And again, I'm not saying she's telling the truth. I'm not saying she's not telling the truth. I don't know. I haven't followed it close enough to really form an opinion, but I mean, the level of the, the vitriol, look at that big word directed at her is like wild to me. I just saw a clip the other day where someone was like, they're passing it around that she was on the stand and they're like, look, she's doing Coke. Like they said she was doing Coke out of a napkin on the stand. Yeah. Which I thought it just looked like she was blowing her nose. I mean, what do I know? But it's just like wild. It is wild. And it's unfortunate. I think, you know, I think that so much damage was done to her in the Johnny Depp portion. She did fire her PR people and hired new new people since this trial. Well, that was smart. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like she has very good people repping her. Yes. Um, But now, of course, again, she has been able to tell her side of the story, which is one, again, of uh, Johnny Depp doing quite a lot of uh, drugs and under the influence of these drugs and alcohol abusing her in states where he's, she, she says that he was blacked out. Well, the whole, like I said, this whole thing, like, I, I don't understand why he's doing this again. This, this isn't helping anybody. This is not going to help him. It's not going to help her. Like, yeah, I, I, well, again, I think, I don't, I think that his, I think his motivation is to try to get work again. I, I don't but think. How is this going to get him work? I don't understand. I mean, who's going to want to touch somebody with, you know, even if you, even if you really don't believe that he assaulted her in any way, like it's still a, such a mess. Oh, it's yes, it is a mess. And she does detail things that sound like, you know, classic, um, domestic abuse where he would be drunk or high or whatever and uh and hit her according according to her uh and then you know he would go through periods of being clean and sober and you know being very loving and saying very sweet things about how she saved his life yeah Um, and then again when he was in these uh alcohol or drug-fueled rages he was you know be saying he was going to kill her brother well according to our friend karen he's still in the pirates ride as of two weeks ago yes so at least he's got that going for him he does he does still have that going for him but again a very a very um a very disturbing trial and i don't know you know he had a lot of character witnesses and like you know like i said the security guard the doorman who all who all testified. I don't know if there's going to be, I don't know what, what the reason is for this 10 day recess, but um, I, I don't know if there'll be people that help support her claims because she does say, at least on one of these incidences on a private plane, there were people around who saw him kick her and did not oh. do anything to help her. Well, but again, let's say she doesn't and she doesn't have any friends because she's a nightmare. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it also doesn't mean it. I mean, the whole, th- I, I just think this whole thing was just not, just not going to help anybody. It's very sad all around. No. Yeah. It is very sad all around. I, I, I only mean to suggest that in, it would help if there were eyewitnesses that of would back course. Yeah. I'm surprised she doesn't have one. I mean, maybe she does. I guess we'll see. Yes. And maybe since she's the defendant, it's really the burden of proof and they feel like they don't need to do that because the case is strong enough. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. But the whole thing, it first of all, 
It sounds like a nightmare marriage. Didn't go well. No. Again, just a very disturbed, disturbing relationship at the very least. And I guess now, because there are these 10 days, both camps have come out again. She's saying that this was domestic abuse. And he is saying that um, any time that he may have hit her, because she does have photographs of bruises, it was in self-defense after she attacked him. It's really quite a saga. It is. And she also, she all, oh, the other thing is she also just sort of name dropped um, Kate Moss, who was uh, in a relationship with Johnny Depp for four years. She claims yeah. through her, he, he, she claims that Johnny Depp threw Kate Moss down a staircase and um, Kate Moss's representatives have not responded to that. How would she know he did that? Again, don't know. Maybe she's, heard it maybe johnny depp told her or maybe she that's the whole thing people are like how much you know it's hard to know what um is you know who to believe let's just say yeah well what say you kate moss i love kate moss yeah well unlike the makeup company that came out and said that amber heard was lying <laughs> um i think that's why she probably fired sort of firing people she's like mm, maybe you should have checked that yeah all right, well, let's let's turn to something far, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say far stranger, but a little bit more lighthearted. Okay. Here, here's, here's a headline for you, courtesy of the New York Post. Wow. I love the New York Post for stories like these. I'm not even, this is the headline, man. Okay. My penis fell off, but it regrew on my arm. Now I'm a real man again. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there it's a lot to unpack yeah so this is a british man he's currently 47 but in 2010 he lost his penis due to a severe blood infection Oof. <laughs> yeah that's scary how do, what do you mean how do you lose your penis like they had to they had to amputate it I guess, I guess so. And he, well, you know, I guess if blood's, I guess any part of your body that blood stops going to, like, you know, how people have to get their feet amputated and yeah. stuff, I think that's what happens. You have to amputate it. Yeah. I don't know why, uh, what, I mean, what this infection was, but, um, and then doctors um, attached an artificial member to that place. Now, artificial, see, this is where I want to get into the science of it all. So- do, do they is it artificial in that it still works as a penis and also for to pee i think so i think it has or is to. it just for uh, um aesthetic reasons i would think there'd have to be i mean i would think that there has to be some place for you to urinate right i would think so but i don't know because if if the infection kills all of the well i guess that infection would just kill the tissue well, right. actually, yeah, well, let me, let me uh, go back for a second. It actually was not amputated. He says it just dropped off onto the floor. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, first of all, sir, I, before it drops off onto the floor, I, I have to think you were given warning signs. I can't imagine one day it's just a normal penis. And the next day it just falls off onto the floor. 
Yeah, well, no, that he was having an infection. I mean, it's not like he didn't know that. Was uh, it dangling? I it didn't just drop off. It must have been dangling. That, those are his words in quotes. Just dropped off onto the floor. Whoa, that had to be a tough day. <laughs> that's a that's that no, that's a bad day. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, that day was terrible. Terrible. No, you know who had a bad day? The guy whose penis dropped off onto the floor. Johnny Depp. Guess what? This guy. Try that. The penis dropped off onto the floor. All right. Well, there. This is where the plot thickens. Is what do you say. do? Take the penis and rush to like how they like if you if your finger gets amputated, you put it on ice and rush to the emergency room. No, no. I think that was gone. I think that's, that's just, it. I think that's just a lost cause. Yeah. But then surgeons manufactured a new penis by using skin flap on his left arm. Wow. Now, okay. Then they planned to move it down to his pubic area, but were forced to stop the operation due to a lack of oxygen in his blood. So he's having problems. He has a lot of other problems besides no penis. He, he has blood problems. Yeah, he certainly does. He certainly does. Uh, and so he was left with the artificial phallus poking out of his forearm. I mean, if I had a nickel. Yeah, exactly. And then the surgery to fix it was delayed by two years. Two years? He had a penis growing on his arm? Sorry, let me fix that. Six years. Six years? Six years due to scheduling mix-ups, staff shortages, and the COVID pandemic. Scheduling mix-ups is what caused this man to have a penis on his arm for six years? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, look, at least it's a conversation starter. Uh, yeah. So... He got used to having the appendage on his arm. <laughs> People would ask him about it at the pub. Did he just pull, whip it out of off well, his it's arm? Right on his arm. So I mean, it, it's not on the like it's on his on the you know the lower part of his arm. So I think unless he's wearing short uh, long sleeves, it's it's out. But does that constitute indecent indecent exposure? I would say yes. Oh, if you have a like living breathing penis growing on your arm. That's, you know. Well, here's here's the thing, Anne. There's a documentary coming out about him called The Man with a Penis on His Arm. I would like to see this documentary because is it like a three-dimensional penis? Like what? I want to see a picture of this penis on his arm. Do we have pictures? He Well, they're all blurred out, but yes. I don't want to see pictures. blurred out. I need to see the actual penis to make a proper assessment. I can't help you with that. but I And that is not the first time I've said that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can tell you that he says he was helping an elderly lady retrieve an item from the top shelf at a supermarket, <laughs> and his penis <laughs> popped out and nearly hit her on the head. Yeah, this is, is this real? This is a real story. It is. I mean, there's a picture. Again, it's pixelated. So it's, and I'm assuming, again, these are, this is the nitty gritty I want to get into. I'm assuming this is a flaccid penis. This penis doesn't become erect. Yeah, I don't think so. So it's just kind of dangling from his arm like an extra appendage in a way. Yeah. I would I feel like he should strap it down. <laughs> yes. Well, I yeah, why wouldn't you? Why do wouldn't that? you do that? Just wrap like a bandage around it. Yeah. A bandana uh, at least. Well, here's here's another quote from him. <laughs> I'm just Can picturing you? him with it with the the penis it's hot out so he's like well i'm doing to wear short sleeve so then he has like a bandana and he does like a chachi but on his arm and he just wraps it around yeah 
I mean, change up the colors. Um, he <laughs> says, "Can you imagine six years of your life with a penis swinging on your arm? It's been a nightmare." I mean, I'm, I need to see the picture. Oh yeah, this is interesting because. Okay, so now they have finally moved it down to his uh, pubic area. Okay. He's very happy with that. It was a nine-hour um, surgery. I imagine it must be a very delicate process. Yeah, and he now can urinate normally. However, he needs a hand pump to uh, produce an erection. So he can't really use the penis for sex. I mean, he can, but not really. I mean... He well, he is planning on it. Yes, he is planning on it. Is this a, is this man involved with anyone, or is he single? Well, no, no, wait, sorry. He's he's now divorced, but he has put it out to the universe that he'd like to date Kate Beckinsale. And and also, was this penis a replica of his original penis that's on his arm, or was it a new? Was he like, let's make this one a little larger? Because oh. you think you take the opportunity, like let's just upgrade if we're if we're going to do do this. You're you're right tuned into it, Anne. They did. He they asked him how big he wanted it to be. He said to his potential love interests, I have some good news and some bad news. <laughs> what do you want first? Let me roll up my sleeves and tell you what I'm talking about. Wow. When they say roll up your sleeves and get to work, it's a whole new meaning. Liter- yeah, literally. <laughs> I love it. Oh boy. Okay. One more. Anne. Well, Godspeed to him. Yeah. And good luck with Kate Beckinsale. That's what I say. Yeah. I wouldn't sit by the phone for that one, but never <laughs> say never. <laughs> um. All right, Anne. And this is a truly outrageous story. Uh. You know, if you are, uh, if you recall uh, back in the eighties, uh, president Ronald Reagan was um, the victim of an assassination attempt yeah. by a man named John Hinckley Jr. Yeah, he was obsessed with Jodie Foster. Yeah, it was sort of, talk about misguided. He was obsessed with Judy, J- Jodie Foster, and so he decided to shoot President Reagan, which, I mean, where's the dotted line between that? You know, I guess he thought she'd be impressed. I saw that gun at the, at the, the Reagan Presidential Library. They have like a whole setup of that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, he's clearly was a disturbed. He was 25 years old at the time. He's now 66. But he also shot other people. Like he he paralyzed Jim Brady. I mean, it essentially killed him. Eventually, I mean, he didn't die that day, but he had health problems and was paralyzed for years and years. And I believe, you know, that shooting is what caused his death. Oh yeah, no, it was a very tragic. He he shot a service agent a police officer and the house uh white house press secretary jim brady yeah yeah um he was found guilty by reason of insanity and spent time in psychiatric care until 2016 after which he was mandated to live with his mother who died last year okay i'm surprised Uh, that they let him out at all like i feel like with high profile cases like that like they just keep you in forever yeah, and he's still, I mean, 2016, that was six years. He was only 60. I mean, he was pretty young. Yeah. I'm so, I'm really actually surprised that he was released. Yeah. Well, now here's a new twist, another twist in the story. Uh, now he is playing a concert. He's, a, he's now a musician, and he's sold out a show in Brooklyn. 
and he is going to be playing a concert. That's disgusting. It is crazy. I can't even believe that his concert is sold out. Like, who's going to that? Who? Who's going? Who's like, I'm going to go see John Hangley do music? Is it like, just for the shock of it? Like, I don't. I think it's a, I think it's a curiosity thing. That's what it must be. I mean, he. Can't, I mean, I don't think they're actual fans of his music. He has twenty six thousand subscribers to his YouTube channel. What a world! We're really the this. I mean, you know what? I would pay money to see penis arm guy. <laughs> that I would give money to. John Hinckley, no. John Hinckley, no. What's I, he selling merch? What's he got a T shirt? Oh, I'm sure he's got merch. I I I saw John Hinckley and he didn't shoot me. Is that what it's going to say on it? What are yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, and on the flip side, people say he he served his time, which he did. He, he did. He served his time, and he's uh, you know allowed to make a living. And that is absolutely true. That's absolutely true. However, I don't know how any person would be interested in helping him. Yeah, you know, finance that way. It's not like there was, you know, that's the other thing. It's not like it's one of these cases where, like, did he do it? Don't really know. Everyone, it was on TV. Everyone yeah. saw him do it. it and I no- understand he was mentally ill and whatever. Like, I get all of that. And yes, but at the same time, no, you literally murdered someone. You know, it took a while. And um, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, that is truly outrageous. That is outrageous. Yeah, that's outrageous. What venue? Like, where is this even happening? I'm sure people will be protesting. Uh, people have have sent, um, have criticized the venue and the venue stances, as I said, he's paid his debt to society and he's allowed to. Again, that's like anytime you go to see, it's like people who want to go see, you know, whatever, Bill Cosby, whoever. Yeah, people pay their debts to society and sure but you as the consumer participating i think is just gross yeah i think it must be a curiosity factor i i have to imagine well be curious by looking at his youtube for free like at home and private no kidding all right and well let's now segue to the movie we watched this week let's which is where the boys are from 1984. I have never seen this. I know it's a remake from the 60s because it was it was like a Sandra D, right? From the 60s. Well, interestingly enough, there was a movie from 1960 called Where the Boys Are, but when I was reading about this, apparently the two plots are completely dissimilar and and why they chose to use that name um is odd because there's really no connection between the two yeah and that was a that was a hit song too right wasn't it where the boys are wasn't that the song yes and uh george hamilton was in the original movie he was yes he was and his uh ex-wife is ex-wife that's true alana stewart yeah that was a weird tie between the two of them well um, but anyway, so this movie, I never saw this movie when it came out. Um, Me either. I didn't even know it existed. No, I don't even know how, how this came into my consciousness, but, uh, it's about four young women in college who are at a Northeast college, some made up school called Pembroke or Pembroke or something. 
uh, Penmore, and they decide to go, as many young college students do, to Fort Lauderdale for spring break. I did that one spring break. Listen, it's a rite of, it's actually like a rite of passage. Really. Yeah. In a car. It, it was in my, my car, which was a 1986 Honda Accord. And when we rolled into town, the brakes were failing and I had all my weight on the brake to try to stop. And it, it did stop. Thank it God. was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is four friends. And interestingly enough, two of them really don't want to go. And two do. Two want to go. Two don't want to go. Yeah. But they very quickly decide to, it really doesn't take a lot of coaxing to get them to agree. One says she's only going to go for the weekend. She's going to drive all the way to Florida, but she's only going to go for the weekend. And then she's going to join her family in Bermuda. Right. And that, uh, that, uh, woman, her name is Sandra. She's going to, Sandra's going to go to Bermuda. She's played by Wendy Shaw, who is one of these actresses that you used to see in many, many shows. Like what's she from? I saw her and I was like, Oh, I know her face, but I don't know from what, like there was nothing that stood out to me. She was in a lot of stuff and actually more recently, um, she was, she now does a lot of, um, I find this a lot with these people. She does a lot of voiceover work for, mm -hmm. um, like various animated, maybe, maybe your friend Aaron knows her. Um, but she was in, I'll tell you real quick. Cause I looked at all of them. I mean, it's kind of an all-star cast, like for the time ish. Uh, oh, sorry. She was in Inner Space. She was in The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Oh, maybe that's what I recognize her from. Yeah, Battery's not included. But now she's one of the voices on American Dad, which is a very popular okay. uh, animated show. Um, so, yeah. So she plays Sandra, and she and her friend uh, Jenny, played by Lisa Hartman, who to me was the most famous person in this. Just Oh, I yeah. Lisa Hartman. Whenever I think of Lisa Hartman, I think of there's a line in... I am Martin Turco's Hollywood, you know, my favorite where he plays this like gossip reporter. And he goes, Miss Lisa Hartman, her hair, or what does he say? He goes, Miss Lisa Hartman, she's always well quaffed and her hair always looks beautiful. <laughs> so I say that to myself quite regularly. She has very eighties hair in this movie. Yeah. Quintessential eighties. Yeah. Um, well, she is a music major and she says she can't go because she has to write a paper, but then she finds out that, um, Sandra's cousin, who is a famous composer yeah. and pianist is going to be there and she really wants to meet him. And she has his poster on the wall, which I'm like, there's posters for classical pianists. Yes. Well, it's very funny also because the first time we see him, he comes off the plane and his mother meeting him and he's like, are there basically like, are there any reporters here? Are there any paparazzi? But that's like the old, and she's like, no, so don't worry about it. You can just, you know, be yourself or whatever. But then this whole week goes by with, with thousands of people on this beach. No one ever even stops to even ask him who he is after they've made this big deal that his poster's on the wall and he's asking about paparazzi. That yeah. idea is completely thrown out the window very quickly. Well, it's just supposed to be a bunch of horny college kids. Yes, this is the 80s. So so the, these four women, so it's Jenny, it's Carol, played by Lorna Luft. Lorna Luft, gotta love her. 
floor on the left, uh, Sandra and uh, Lori, and Lori is played by Lynn Holly Johnson from Ice Castles. Yeah, and you know that she got the big billing because, you know, I don't even know if they still do it, but back, especially in the 80s, when they do the credits, and then when they do and Lynn Holly Johnson as whatever, it's like they get that credit. Yeah. So these four hop into a car and start driving to Florida. Now, let me just say from the outset, you know how I get stuck on things, Anne. Oh, yeah. They all, all of them, they're supposed to be in college. They all look so old. That's my favorite thing, though. I really miss the days when teenagers were played by people 30 and up. How old were they, though? How old were they? I'm going to tell you. I looked it all up. Okay. So the youngest one was Lynn Holly Johnson. Yeah. She's, she's, what was her, what was she, like 20? No, 26. (laughs) See, I love that. She was the youngest one at 26. Uh, then Lisa Hartman was 28. Okay. Wendy Shaw was 30. And Lorna Luff was 32. God bless. God bless. Now, here's the interesting thing. And then even the bo- the boys from where the boys are. Yeah. All of the boys are also ridiculously old. Yeah. But the youngest one was played uh camden the the concert pianist he was actually the youngest one of the entire cast he was 24. okay now here's here's a fact for you so he was played by a man named daniel mcdonald yeah and i don't know if you realize this but his brother was in the film christopher mcdonald's his brother christopher mcdonald is his brother goose because that was you know my favorite thing was having Lorna left and Christopher McDonald in a movie together, which was a cell of, you know, Greece too. They were both were in Greece too. They were both in Greece too. Yes. And Christopher, Mc- Christopher McDonald was 29. He's, he's five years older than, uh, I didn't realize that was his, I noticed it was the same last name, but I just thought it was a coincidence. I did too. And then when I was looking into this, I was like, Oh, they're actually brothers. And sadly, Camden, Daniel McDonald has passed away. Oh, yes. He got a uh, brain cancer and died. <gasps> Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't know this either. Apparently, uh, Christopher McDonald comes from a fairly big family. Two of his siblings have died of cancer and both of his parents. So he is now very involved in cancer. Uh, oh, jeez. I think he's probably, I mean, I know him most from Greece too, as one should, but also Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. And also Thelma and Louise. Oh, that's true. But, you know, we all know him as Goose from Greece too. Yeah, well, it's very funny because of this whole cast, because I was looking everybody up, he is really, he, Christopher McDonald has had quite a very long career and he's still actively, I mean, in big shows, he's still in big movies, like he just plays a lot of character actors and he's had a very successful career. Yeah, he's really kind of kept it, kept it going. Yeah, it's amazing. Honestly, I was like, God, he's, I mean, he has stuff coming out this year. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so this group of 20-somethings who are supposed to be (laughs) college kids, well, I mean, I guess, so what, so they're what supposed to be like juniors in college didn't really say, so they're like 21. They're supposed to be playing like, let's say 21. Yeah. And also I guess it's fitting that Lorna Luff's boyfriend in the movie, uh, was 31 at the time. So maybe they looked a little bit more. <laughs> I love it. But the crazy thing is, you know, it, well, not to jump ahead, but he, he, Lorna Luff's boyfriend winds up having like a one night stand with Alana Stewart, oddly enough, she's she probably movie. she probably was only what like thirty four. Well, she was thirty nine. Okay, 
So she was eight years older than him, but she's really supposed to be almost like a Mrs. Robinson type, which is ridiculous. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. And even, I didn't even think she looked that much older than him either. No. It's ridiculous. It's not like she's that old. No. And the lady who plays Camden's mom, she, I know her from like soaps. She used to be on Santa Barbara. Louise Sorrell. Yeah. Okay. So they go, so they take this road trip. Right as they're getting into Florida, they see um, Scott Nash, who is a uh, Bobby Benson lookalike. You know where he's what he's from. He he, I, he used to be on Another World in the in the eighties, and then he's also in the movie Chopping Mall, which I love. Chopping Mall. Yeah, Chopping Mall. Okay. He's the star of it. And more special. <laughs> Chopping mall's pretty good. They're stuck to, stuck in a mall, and then there's these robots <laughs> murdering everybody. Well, he uh, he's hitchhiking, and they pick him up, and he like takes one look at the car. It's very eighties. He look takes one look at the car, and he like screams out like "Thank you, God!" Basically, yeah. because the beautiful women are picking him up she goes lynn holly johnson goes sa and they're like what and she goes stud alert and then they say they use a lot of 80s terms like buns and they talk about like nice buns and so it's really setting itself up like it's going to be a raunchy sex movie i'm like waiting for there to be like she's like i just want to have sex with people on the beach and find a boat a a barbarian and all like i'm like okay let's i'm in and none of that really comes to fruition yeah it has all of the 80s tropes but it's it's actually there's like no sex there's not even like making out really no there's very i mean there is the gratuitous boob shots there's a few barely there's a few there's there's the they of course they enter a hot bod concert contest well they make lorna luft do the hot bod contest and i am not here to body shame i think she has a great body but they were like, the bigger the boobs, the better. And she's not a, you know, doesn't have particularly large breasts. No. And she was in a one piece. And she yes. was doing doing weird Broadway style dancing, which she can't help herself. She's Liza Minnelli's daughter. I think it's just in her genes. She, can't, she knows nothing else. So you can't fault her for that. But the fact that she was there she was the contender and then you see all these uh, the one lady's dancing my favorite was the one that was dancing who was just holding a cucumber oh god that was so so ridiculous and then i'm like obviously they're giving it to the girl with big tits with the cucumber i mean it was 1984 no she didn't win the one who went topless one oh well yeah i'm but you know what i'm saying like of course i mean not that i'm getting upset over the results of the hot bod contest but but Lorna left was literally in a one piece doing jazz hands yes. and people are cheering. She looked great, but I'm like, I don't think this is, you're going to clinch this title. No. And she also, which I think was by design. She also looked uncomfortable doing it because they kind of forced her to do it. <laughs> yeah. She, it wasn't like she was really getting into this whole thing. She looked like she didn't know what to do. But she, she, she was like, the show must go on. My mother's always, other always told me. Yeah. So the whole thing is, so they get to Florida and then they each have their like, you know, love story, let's say. So Lorna Luffs is that she's been dating her boyfriend for a very long time. She wants a break from him. She's supposed to go skiing with him at the last minute. She says, I'm not going skiing. I'm going to Florida. He is very upset about this and follows her to Florida where 
while she's in the hot bod contest, he shows up and is like, what is happening? What is she doing? Basically, my girlfriend is, you know, essentially on the hunt for a new man is exactly what's happening. But she kind of wasn't. She just kind of wanted to go along on the trip. Like, she wasn't trying to get with anybody, really. Well, I think that was, but she was kind of like, I'm done with this. Like, she was bored with him. It seemed like it, yes. But she also wasn't out, like, trying to get with anybody. So that whole part was strange. It's like, it seems, yes, it seems in the beginning of the movie. And who can blame her? Because the opening shot is them having sex, but it looked like they were just rocking back and forth. Did you notice that? I went, what is happening? Are they, like, I literally, in my mind, I'm watching it, drinking coffee, because I watched it this morning. And I went, first of all, wow, that's a nice, large dorm room. That was my first thought. That was. Well, because that's because they're 28. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then they panned the bed and they're on like one side of the bed and rocking to and fro in a strange fashion. The, the fact that it just, I, it, I even attention brought to it. I was like, what is happening? And then I was like, oh, are they having sex? Yeah. So she, so anyway, he's all upset about the whole thing. And, and the other thing about this movie is, any given scene has lots of people. Oh my God. They're driving down the street and the car, the car is surrounded by people surrounded. Yes. It's like a rock concert got out at all times. Yeah. If they're at a party, there's a bazillion people at the party. So, okay. So she has her boyfriend situation going on. The uh, Sandra character, the one who's supposed to be going to Bermuda, she winds up getting drunk at a party and then getting arrested for a DWI with um, with Lori. The two of them get arrested. But don't forget, there's a whole scene there where she's not a drinker. They all leave her to her own devices and she starts to do a full strip tease. Yeah. And the whole time I'm watching this going, this is spring break, like someone help this woman, you know, like. Yeah, well, she, well, well, again, it is spring break in the 80s. So I think the idea is that's what happens on spring break. That's in the 80s, I'm not, it happens that's what happens in spring break in the in 2022 also but okay yeah, right so she's very straight laced and she gets drunk and she starts taking off her clothes and then they get arrested and but so her love interest winds up being the police officer who arrests her but he then asks her out for coffee and then they go on a date anyway but he tells her that he's married Here's the thing too. They're in. So yeah, I guess we should mention those two get thrown in jail. They don't have the money to bail them out. Thus Lorna left entering the hot body contest. The hot body con uh, contest. And then they, they scrape together because she comes in second place. <laughs> Did she come in second place or third? Yeah, second, second place. Yeah. They had enough money to, to get out one person. Right. So Lynn Holly Johnson gets to leave. And, but then the cop comes over and goes, I think you've, I think you've been in here long enough. And I was like, that's how this works. He's allowed yeah. to just be like, you can leave now. You don't have to post bail. Yeah. It's also a cell filled with other spring breakers. Like, yeah. It, it like, yeah. He's like, you can post bail with your vagina. And she says, okay. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. He tells her he's married, but that their marriage is, you know, over essentially. And he's going to get to yeah he's separated and then you know she's she she's like claiming at one point that you know she's never had a fulfilling sex life let's say and she spends a night with him and is uh has sex with him four times as she tells everybody 
and is completely besotted, and this is it. She's gonna yeah. be with the cop in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, and there's then there's the whole scene before that where Lynn Holly Johnson's supposed to be like the horny one who keeps just wanting to have sex with whoever. Keep in mind, I don't even think she makes out with anybody in this whole movie. But anyway, she brings an inflatable doll. Yeah. And I've never known a woman to bring an inflatable doll in my life. Like, it's almost like they're trying to make her like the male, the male, you know, brain. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why don't you try to make out with this, with this uh, doll? And it's like, that's not how it works. And she has that strong Chicago accent. So she's like, okay, just relax yourself, <laughs> relax your mouth, your mouth, you know, I'm like, oh my God. So it's like a drawn out sequence. Of course she pops the doll, the terrifying looking doll. Well, that's what I mean. A lot of this movie is just checking off boxes. Like, oh, we have to have the, the topless scene. Oh, we should have a scene where there's a sex doll. Like, it's just like, but none of it is all actually interesting in any way. No, it's for, it's a pretty boring movie. Really? It actually is a boring movie. For a for a spring break 80s sex romp, there's no sex. It doesn't look like a very fun spring break, if you ask me. Well, there's almost... Okay, so the thing is, there's almost no stakes, because the Lori character, like you said, she immediately uh, sees this guy who she starts calling Conan, this very uh, sort of muscular guy on the beach, who she approaches, and he invites her back to his place, then she finds out that he is a male prostitute because in his very stilted, very bad acting, he says more than once, time is money. First of all, that entire premise is deranged because on what planet are a bunch of spring breaking women going to pay this guy to have sex with them when they can have sex with literally 500 other people for free? Oh yeah, well, she, at that, but she didn't know that he was a prostitute until he but told. But still, her. I'm saying, what kind of business is he doing? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what what kind of business is he going up and down? He should be up in where the rich lady lived, like that part of town. Yeah, not where the spring breakers are. They don't need prostitutes. You can have sex with anybody that you is around you for zero dollars. And then her response to that was like, "All right, well, if I'm going to pay for it, let drop your pants so I can see what I'm getting into." And then she just basically insults him and leaves. It's like so ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing, her whole story was dumb. She had almost no story. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's the thing. They should have made it where she just is having sex with a million different people. That's what they should have done. Yeah, but that's not, yeah. So then, all right. So then that's basically the end of her storyline for the moment. And then the main storyline is with Lisa Hartman. Her name is Jenny. There's like a love triangle with Jenny, Scott, and Camden, the pianist. Right. And can I also just point out too, this is a week-long spring break. All of these characters are acting like they're in these high-stakes, serious relationships. The one with the cop, it's like, we're in love now. It's like, you've known him for two days. Yeah. You've known Scott, the guy, for two days. Like, you're now in a full relationship and in love. Like, it's, it's bizarre. Well, actually, on that side, he was the one that was actually being more unreasonable than she was because he was, like, feeling very hurt and rejected by her (laughs) when all that had happened was that they picked him up in the car, they had some flirtation, and then she was really in it for Camden, and then when he realized that, he got mad at her. Yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous. To say the least. Which 
so so this sort of love triangle goes on that that kind of culminates in this party at uh barbara roxbury's house who is sandra's aunt and camden's mother she has a party that i don't know 300 spring breakers crash which was also and she, she was very cool with it that whole character was very strange to me because it's like she the the niece calls her up and is like come come to see us at this dive bar on the strip and she's like okay and she's it's like they're trying to make her this very like rich upper crust lady but then also she's like sure i'll go to this bar sure let's let all of these kids like destroy my house like that's fine it was a very strange character it was a very strange character and the fact she was supposed to be having this sort of dignified afternoon party at her waterfront house and scott tells everybody that there's a party there now again this is spring break where we have seen hundreds of people in the streets i don't think there's any shortage of parties but no. he says there's a party at this address and boats like kick it into high gear to race to this house <laughs> i know there was waves waves in the water there were like people were like jumping over each other to get to this house where i'm like isn't this whole town one big party right now? Like, well, maybe because it was like a rich part of town. It was like a fancy house. It was a bit far fetched. It was also far fetched that she did not. She did nothing to stop hundreds of people from invading her house. Yeah, and there was a guy who was like stealing her things and then trying to sell them back. And she's like, "That's mine," and didn't even kick him out. <laughs> right. So they're at this party, and Lisa Hartman is, you know, finally has her moment with Camden. They're in this room and he has the piano and he's playing her this song and trying to figure it out. And in bus Scott, he, <laughs> he Scott. knows that they're in there and he starts getting very angry at Camden for Camden, not realizing what a catch he has with Jenny essentially. Right. And Camden is really married to his music. So he's like, ah, right, you can't, you can't interrupt me. I'm really stuck on this piece. And of course, Scott, because he's also a musician. A genius, a genius musician, apparently. Yeah, a genius musician that he doesn't even know about. Tells him he's in the wrong key. He's like, you're doing D flat and you need to do E. And that changes the whole thing immediately. Yeah, he's like, as you can see, your progression chord from D2 to 3. I'm like, what the? So he then gets all consumed by now he has to finish his composition and tells Lisa Hartman to hit the road. Yeah. And that's when Lisa Hartman is like, maybe I should be with Scott. I don't know. The whole thing is the dumb. It's so dumb. Like to your point, the state, if anything, she should, she's a music major. She's a fan of this guy. Like they're very friendly. He's not even trying to make the moves on her. Really? He's like teaching her about music. Yeah. It's not, that's what's the thing. It's like, it's, I guess in a way it's kind of nice that they're not making everything so character so black and white where it's like they're bad or good. You know, it would make more sense if, if Scott walked in on him and Camden's like trying to kiss her or do, you know, but he's not, he's just playing his piano. Right. Cause that's really his focus. His whole thing was he was going to fly in for this concert and then he was going to go back to San Tropez. I think that's where he was going. Yeah. So there's no stakes. You know what I mean? There really isn't. It's like no one is inherently doing anything bad or good in this movie. They're just, Oh, okay. That's fine. It's, it's very, it's very strange. Right. Right. But this is sort of a pivotal moment where she starts to feel kind of conflicted, even to your point, 
Camden has given her no reason to think that they're going to be a couple, but she thinks so. And now Scott is sort of being the heroic person, and she's like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. So then comes the day of Camden's big concert. This, this is why Sandra went down and Jenny went down. It's this big concert that I, I didn't know that classical music was such a draw for the college crowd. But I was going to say, I, I, I will give it credit in saying I don't think I've ever seen a spring break <laughs> comedy culminating in a classical music concert i've never yeah. seen that before before <laughs> since so i will give a credit that that these spring breakers are now gathered dressed up yeah dressed, dressed up yep they, they brought dressed up dress up clothes yep. to attend a classical piano concert yep for spring break i've never seen it before no it's 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 groundbreaking it really is it really is hats off to you alan carr director producer <laughs> frequent uh rupaul's drag race uk guest host oh nice yeah um yeah so they so this actually was my i i think i laughed out loud at this part where camden is is dedicating this song to jenny he's written this song and he starts playing it on the piano and scott and his band literally come busting out from behind the curtain full equipment outfit change this this whole movie it's like they don't have one nickel to rub together and now they're two nickels whatever the expression is two nickels to rub together and now all of a sudden they have guitars and a a keyboard that they've he's wearing an outfit it's ridiculous well and it's also it's supposed to be that they crash this thing meanwhile yeah. they have a light cue coming on you know what i'm saying like yes <laughs> and there's lights like <laughs> This was not a surprise. Right. It looks like they're literally, they're crashing it. Right. You know? And then again, there still is no conflict because Camden, instead of being like, this is outrageous. You're interrupting my concert. It's he, he literally looks around and it's like, you can hear his internal monologue saying, if you can't beat him, join him. Exactly. And he sits down and starts playing along with them. I was like, what? He's just like, yeah. oh, cool. You're just busting in on this and turn and taking the girl. All right. Yep. And he, uh, sorry, and Scott announces this is his song for Jenny. These are competing Jenny songs. Which is, look, who doesn't love a song written about them? Lisa Hartman loves it, I can tell you. She's all, she's all a Twitter in the, in the well, audience. Lisa Hartman, and she's still married to Clint Black? She is, right? Oh. Lisa Hartman Black? Yeah. I, I remember in the 80s, it was very big, Lisa Hartman Black. Yes, Lisa Hartman Black. So I'm sure she's had many songs written about her. Possibly, Yeah. So anyway, they, they play this song and then, you know, he leaves the stage and kisses her. And so finally she's gotten her man, right? Cut to the next day they're leaving. They're, you know, they're leaving. So, so the, oh, so I missed this. So the, the girl, Sandra goes to confront the cop after he stands her up for a date and he's like, oh, I guess I'm still married. Yeah. It, it literally the scene where he's like, things are complicated. And then you see like the sad looking wife at the yeah. door with like the, you know, little son yeah. where they're all kind of staring out, like, don't ruin our family. Exactly. Teenaged girl or get yeah. nice, whatever college girl. Yeah. Who's really 30. Lorna Luft and her boyfriend reconcile after he has his 
one night stand with Alana Stewart because he's so depressed that she is, you know, going after other guys. Yeah, I hope Alana Stewart taught him a thing or two. She was a terrible actress, though, I have to say. But I hope she's like, we're not going to rock back and forth like that. Right. She's she's course correcting. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Lorna Left will thank her. Yeah. So and then so they're all at the car and they're they're saying to Jenny, where's Scott? Where's Scott? And she's like, I don't know. I guess that's it. Like, I guess it's over. I guess it's over. Let's go back to Penmore. <laughs> Penmore. <laughs> and in the meantime, Camden comes pulling up with um, Lori because she has decided that now that he's, you know, that Jenny's not in the picture, she's going to profess her love for Camden. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is a great idea. I should be with her. They're leaving like eight hours later. So they all get in the car. She has her farewell with Camden. Jenny goes over to say to Camden, no hard feelings, all good. And let's keep in mind the boyfriend, Lorna Luff's boyfriend, is now in the car. So they have five people already in this car. And they start driving off. And just like how the movie started, just a bit down the road, there's Scott hitchhiking. Right. Just like in the beginning. Just yeah. like in the beginning. And so he, they're so happy to see him. And he hops in the car and uh, presumably is going to transfer to Penmore to be with uh Jenny. But he dropped out of college. He, I thought he, you know what I thought would happen is I thought that Camden would, there's a, there's a scene where Camden is, they're both sitting on pool floats, him and the guy, they've oh, yeah. like, yeah. cause again, they're not enemies. They're kind of cool with each yeah. other. And yeah. he says to him, you know, you're very talented. The only thing that's different between the two of us is you just aren't trying really. You're not applying yourself. Yeah. And you think there would have been a moment where he's like, you know what? let's I'm going to help you out or you're a talented musician, like come on tour with me and you know, something like that. Yeah. But no, no. Well, I think that was the motivation that led him to write the Jenny song that he crashed the concert, but yeah, it doesn't seem like he's serious about pursuing anything other than Jenny. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the whole thing. The movie is just kind of like, it's just like something that happens and then it ends and you're like, Oh, the one guy. And then the guy who come, who came with Lorna Luff's boyfriend, they're like, oh, where's so-and-so? And he's like, he's decided to stay. He's oh, yeah. transfer. He's transferring. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah. It's, um, again, it just, it's almost like watching a slice of life. It's like, there's not much. No, the most interesting part was the beginning with Lynn Holly, whatever, being like, look at those abs. <laughs> At one point she goes, check out those hamstrings. Have you ever checked out anyone's hamstrings in your life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great, it's not a great movie. No. Uh, Janet Maslin uh, from the New York Times at the time. Janet Maslin reviewed this movie? Yes, she did. She (laughs) called it dumb, vulgar, and mostly humorless. I will agree with I would agree with that. Although vulgar, eh, there's really nothing bad in it, but definitely dumb and humorless. Uh, And Roger Ebert said, this isn't a sequel and it isn't a remake and it isn't in fact much of anything. I agree with you, Roger Ebert. And I bet he also added, and there's like not hardly any boobs. Yeah, he didn't, but yes, maybe he was thinking that. I'm sure he was thinking it. I would say the only notable thing about this is it was the first film released by TriStar Pictures. Really? This was the number? First, 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 
Well, you understand it. I mean, it's like the time, 1984, a spring break, you know, movie. You feel like you can't lose. It's money in the bank. I think we tried with the four women to have like four different like spring break, like run the gamut of spring break experiences. But but all all of them were boring. Yeah, they should have made more of the Lynn Holly Johnson Laurie character because she was yeah. the only one that was truly in it for a spring break reason. Yeah, that could have been a saving grace. If they had had her where she was with a different guy every night and it was like funny or something, but they didn't even do that. No, they just had her go for Conan and then, you know, sort of from afar, lust after Camden. From very far, you don't really know it. Yeah, it was it was not good. Yeah, so I'm going to give this a mold don't. I'm also going to give it a mold don't. It's unfortunate. It's one of our criteria a forgotten 80s film but now perhaps we know why it was forgotten yeah i mean look i thought this can't lose lisa hartman lorna luft guy from chopping mall this is going to be a winner it wasn't even offensive in the way like porky's is like i felt like it was gonna be like a female porky's but it really wasn't it really wasn't um all right Anne, and Next week, we're going to do another sort of forgotten movie. Well, I've never seen this movie. so me, I- You know what? I've never seen this movie, which is shocking to me because A, it's my favorite genre. And B, it stars two of my fa- absolute favorite people. James Spader. And who's the other one? Match and Amick, who's Shelley from Twin Peaks. Oh, well, I, I, I knew that, but I didn't know that was one of your favorite people. I lo- well, I love Twin Peaks and I love her. And she was also in this movie that was probably around the same time called Sleepwalkers. You probably didn't see that, but it was kind of like a, kind of like a horror movie, but I just always thought she was so pretty. I just love her. She's so pretty and she still looks great. She was in the, when they did Twin Peaks again, a couple of years ago when they did the third season, finally. Yeah. So the film, I don't think we've said this. The film is called Dream Lover. Dream Lover. I think this is going to have it all. Sex, deceit revenge yes well we'll see i'm interested to see it and we invite everyone to watch this week and then uh take a listen next week to see what we think about it yeah you know i feel like people listen they seem to have a lot of opinions they run into us in the hallway (laughs) so what i'd like i'd like is for people to like give us your opinions yeah put it on our social media that's currently going to get revamped so we can kind of like because somebody was saying they were like you know you you kind of do a synopsis of movies and then we don't you don't necessarily have to watch it because you've told the plot so if we let you know ahead of time you can watch it before you listen to the podcast so you'll know what we're talking about right so go out and watch dream lover this week and next week we will have our recap i'm excited i i I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really good. Oh, good. Well, I hope so. It, I can't I, believe I, I haven't seen it. Like, I literally go, how in the world could I have missed this? Well, I did look at the box office. Not a lot of people. I think a lot of people missed it, Anne. So maybe this is a movie that is finally going to get its due, or we will decide that it was best left forgotten. Oh, I can tell it. I, I feel very optimistic about it. Wonderful. Well, have you seen james spader's hamstrings it's gonna be a winner (laughs) i'm gonna take special note of that (laughs) all right and i think that does it for this week yeah until next time everybody watch out for a man reaching over you
there could be a penis stuck to that arm. Outrageous. Mama, 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 mama.